0: Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Not 92 Podcast. Myself, Armin Not, and Tom Mitchell back again with all of the non-league drip and sadly just National League but we'll try it. We add our little bits of non-league madness here and there. But alas, it's been another great week of football in the National League. And with a lot of news to catch up on after a week of crazy football, some shifts in the race for promotion and at the bottom as well. So much is being decided as we get to the end of the season, even though still, believe it or not, we're halfway through it in March. Can you believe it? It's almost a year to the day where football stops and we're recording this podcast on the Tuesday before the midweek games. In the National League, take place, but we've still got to catch up on everything last week and more. So stick with us for the good part. For the good part, of hopefully, as long as we can go, to cover everything from the madness at the top of the National League to the weird stories regarding uh, funding and the s- scheme that clubs have at National League North and South level to continue the season. All of that is coming up. But first and foremost, I must introduce my colleague, Tom, who, as always, is guide, helps us guide through these wonderful stories and he's also, as until he gets his National League North back, the National League co-correspondent. Tom, how are you doing, pal?
1: Yeah, a bit National League North sick, but the, the National League, it's, it's still giving me the entertainment that I, that I crave for from the non-league. And, yeah, as I said, we're covering um yeah, the games from midweek and obviously the games from this weekend. And I can't say... Uh, that it doesn't have a lot of entertainment, there were some um, really, really interesting results So yeah, can't, get, can't wait to get into that, and obviously uh, more the news in the National League world as well
0: Absolutely, uh, obviously we must do the administrative stuff uh, First, before we get right into it, uh, so first and foremost, big shout out to... Sports, our super sponsors as i like to think of them they provide great kits to all clubs in the lower divisions of english football now if you need a quality kit if you need something to really stand out against the opposition or against your against your friends in the middle of a party when we get out of this bloody lockdown or anything like that even if you just want to wear it at home they're the place to go best best kits best, best on league clubs all choose them and we always heavily recommend you joining the website, go on the website at fierysports.com to see more. And hopefully you can enjoy the variety of glorious, uh tu- well, I was about to say Tupperware. <laughs> a lovely kit, the lovely active wear that they have on their sites. And also a big shout out to me. Pie for a stranger living in my head and again it's a song that never gets out of my head even if the title tells you that it's a stranger quite literally living there but yeah the songs about that and is the intro to our podcast so if you want to hear more from them and our great friends up in the north of scotland follow them on the twitter feed and everything the socials are in the description of this podcast and finally, we have a shout-out to the league club today, South Sestos Football Club, who, this is Gaffer on Instagram, cheekily posted out he actually loves listening to our podcast. So we, we know you guys are big fans of the show. We hope you enjoyed this one just as much. And we just took a little glance at the league table of the league they're playing in Essex Division 3, West Essex I think it is, something like that but it's sponsored by Vauxhall that's all we, that's all as much as we know and they're 7th right now but they're hoping for a restart and by the start, by the time that we get going again, who knows it could be a promotion is one thing, we like a winner on our podcast but all the best to them and a big shout out to them for giving our podcast a bit of love this week now, obviously, we are recording this podcast uh, under the cloud of uh, some sad news. Obviously, in the last uh, last week or so, we recorded last Sunday without the knowledge of uh, a couple of key members of the game of, of our game that have passed away. We do care about non-league, but at the same time. We also are, as we say many times in, the, in, in this show, big fans of clubs in the bigger leagues and the big fishes, we should say. Uh, Tom is a massive Newcastle fan and he would obviously have been sad to hear the passing of Glen at 65 from a brain tumour. And it was a very sad news amongst anybody to so have heard that when it uh, was announced during the Chelsea Man United game. He was a great manager who covered the various, uh, various divisions in England, Wrexham, Gillingham, Newcastle United, and, uh, and West Ham as well, as well as playing a role in the England team. He had a fantastic career, and he was sorely missed by everybody in the world of football. Second, obviously, is a great Scottish striker and former Liverpool megastar front, Sir Ian St. John. Uh, my mum's cheekily behind me. Uh, she, uh, she says hello Hi to everyone on the podcast uh, As always he, uh, Here's St. John who was a wonderful Footballer for Liverpool scoring Over 130 goals in 350 appearances But was more famously remembered For being a co-anchor of the show Satan Groovy" with the great Jimmy Groovy, Who obviously is going through just a hard time right now But Sir John the Saint was remembered for many great shows with with in the late 80s, early 90s. It was a polarizing week uh, show on Saturday mornings. Many of the people, not even my age really, but those who were, let's say, good, tender ages early in their lives, would have up on Saturday mornings to watch this show. So obviously we here at 92 wanted to pay respects to both of them uh, and pass on to their families. Finally though is one that sh- another bit of sadness that shocked us this week and um, it was the passing of a young AFC filed player who lost his life while looking trying to catch a football in the in an electric wire area. So it's, it's so sad to hear that. Uh, just, it's bit, it shocked us yesterday when we heard the news of the passing of Luke Bennett and we hear also parts of our condolences to AFC filed, and everyone who's connected with him uh, regarding that piece of It did shock non-league football yesterday to hear a player of such a young age who was ambitious and was hoping to move up in his career losing his life so soon and evidently the entire entire uh, member of this members of this podcast and everyone uh, of non-league are all sympathetic towards those who are closest to him his family and AFC filed, and it's very a very sad time, so I'll pass those on to them, me and Tom included. So, now to the positive stuff. And, well, can we say positive, Tom? I don't think we can call it positive because we've had another crazy week in the National League. We've got in and amongst it once more. It's the news and the outrageous plots that... Uh, is being dis- like deciphered by many a club in the National League North and South to find a way to get teams promoted this season and drag out those who are trying to hang on by the bare threads in the National League. Speak to us about what they're planning to do Tom in lieu of obviously straddling a few of the cages of the bottom five of the National League.
1: Yeah, so uh, so at the moment, um, some of the Step 2 clubs are uh, continuing to play friendlies. Um, they're awaiting a decision on the mini-league uh, proposal. So what the update to give you guys is the National League has emailed clubs uh, to seek feedback on uh, the mini-league proposal. Um, Obviously, as we know, the resolution results were announced 18 days ago. Obviously, although they haven't been ratified uh, by the FA yet, it's... I'm now interest, very interested to see what the replies are going to be from the, um, all the rest of the clubs uh, in the national leagues, uh, north and south. I, I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast. I, I don't think this will go down too well. Quite a lot of the clubs, obviously, I, I mentioned sport and integrity that they would. I think a lot of other clubs would want those clubs to go up by playing you know all the all the clubs in league and, and not a you know not the not this mini league proposal with, with, with the mixture of the leagues but as i said i can i can understand um you know as we met, we always mentioned the, the allure of promotion um why the why these step two clubs are doing it obviously it's it 's massive for them to, to to go out to national league um to, you know to to be that maybe for some clubs they have huge dreams of Gets to football league um, in the next four or five years, but also just to have that chance to be on BT Sport. But yeah, the, the the next step in the process now is um, the feedback from the clubs. So we just wait on that. But uh, as I said, I, I'm I'm quite doubtful uh, that, that it's going to be met positively by a lot of uh, the the clubs put it that way. Um, so it's for the step two clubs. It's a, it's a for the Celtic Clubs I want to take part in this mini league it's it's a it's a tense time for them because I, I there might be quite confidence that they think that they can get this through and obviously as I mentioned as well um the National League actually seem you know quite open to, to possibly doing this. Um again they haven't said for definite obviously you know we know now with the with the clubs um the rest of the clubs in the league then they need to give their feedback but I, I, yeah it's something that could maybe could happen but i, I yeah I'm not too sure um that that it will be honest um i, I don't think that, I, as i said I, I just got that feeling that the the feedback won't come back too positive
0: mm. uh it's, it stumped me last week when I saw the news that the majority of the clubs that voted to continue this is obviously uh, why this idea has cropped up in terms of. Trying to restart the season one way or another, hence, and hence the inception of this mini league idea was because a lot of clubs voted to not curtail the season in the national league north and south, despite the tricky, uh, scenario, tricky problems we have with the pandemic at the present moment so you 've seen a lot of different um, you 've seen a lot of different uh, clubs making statements in the last few weeks, obviously during the voting process leading their cases as to why the season should continue or for some the evidence as to why it shouldn't because obviously they won't be able to find ways to keep them going it's all stems again back to the the finance debacle that has been plaguing national league clubs all season and it seems to just get worse and worse by the day unfortunately there are still a lot of i'm sure fans that are listening to these podcasts or listening to uh, you know the opinions of many a chairman or manager who are probably right now sitting in their houses waiting to find out what the next big news will be but for some of these clubs would you like to consider obviously going ahead what others will will cry foul i think it's not sporting integrity integrity in terms of a sporting uh, element to can try and find a way to get promoted and relegate teams internationally who feel a bit hard done by because they realize the other teams below we 're not going to really uh continue the season would you, would you see that as a bit of a, a a selfish move by these clubs to try and find a way to get promotion and playoffs done this season i
1: um, i 've always i always like to see it from from both sides um, this i i can i can understand you know you do have to think. You do have to you do have to think about your own club and what is best for that. And some club felt like that they they you know that financially they they can take themselves forward in into this situation and you know that they, they could they they could have kept themselves going and they feel comfortable being in this in this situation of of carry on playing games. But I I can see I, I the. the what the feedback i've seen from a lot of the fans and and and, the, and comments is that they just they just feel like that they they're in their own world a bit and although they can maybe understand to a certain degree you know i think a lot of people like to see stuff done the right way and yeah they they feel like that yeah, this is the a bit of the greedy and, and selfish way of going about and sort of leaving the clubs, you know, their fellow clubs in the league sort of behind and just to to watch these 18 clubs bask in the glory. I mean, for, for an example, you know, Concord Rangers, uh, Anthony Smith, the, I said, they, they won't be taking part. Um, they, they've taken their, their, their possibility away of, of, um, you know, being involved in these, uh, in, in these playoffs. So, um, I suppose that there's there 's one that there 's one example that you know a club that would possibly think about it but uh, have now changed their minds but i, I mean as as I just previously mentioned it might be I might have got this, my feeling completely wrong, and you know there might be quite quiet confidence that other clubs maybe will understand um that you, you, you know, that they, they can take themselves forward in a situation. They could compete in the playoffs. And maybe if they were in that position, they, they would have done the same thing. But mm. it's oh, it's it's one of those ones which I, I can see the opinions from both sides. I know that's a bit of the politician's answer, but that's generally how, how I feel about this. Because, I, I mean, obviously, I think we're, we're all, you know, di- disappointed to not see the league finished properly last year but at least we had the playoffs and I think maybe for some neutral fans you like watching north and south football they they may be really open that it, it will still getting some uh, entertainment to, to watch and uh, I suppose yeah some people some neutrals will be open that the the playoffs do happen but I think that as I said I, I personally do I, I personally do think that there will be quite a lot of boards of Fellow of the national league north and south clubs who who will see this as, as a selfish move and, and think about themselves and just think can't you maybe can't you wait till next season and yeah again I think they they feel like that I think a lot of clubs have just felt like the league have left them behind anyway but i think i think i think it, that the clubs will be extra annoyed that you know yeah, the the you know the the fellow compatriots in the league that will will be leaving them behind and yeah, I, I, th- I think I, I can see a lot of other clubs feeling like this is this this will be quite a, an unfair move. Maybe, maybe some clubs even be annoyed that the national league are, are even entertaining this idea.
0: It's a wild idea. Uh, I have stumped Tom with that question. Surprisingly, You didn't expect it. But um, there's a reason I ask it because. Uh, Having this week been looking at the news and the updates regarding the funding situation and also the plans that the certain clubs who don't want the season to end have in terms of trying to continue, obviously a lot of them are teams that are currently uh, occupying spots in the top seven of the National League North and South and there's the odd team at the bottom who don't want to go down that are also... Uh, Making their voice heard too So it is a bit of a conflict of interest Here with regards to Teams want to be promoted but Know that it will rattle a few cages In the National League if they do it The National League themselves are Uncertain about relegation from The top division down to North and South If the competition In some way can't go ahead And in in any case the teams That are in the relegation zone right now Will feel a bit hard done by You have your Barnets, your Uh, Dovers, the Kings Lynn that's just hovering outside it, Weymouth as well. Those are the current teams that look in the most likely position to be going down. Only three relegation spots are in the league this season. Traditionally there's 24 teams. Obviously Macclesfield's demise led to one spot being uh, expunged from the league. So only three teams are expected to be relegated this season. Now, that also is a bit of a complication. I'm sure the league will find a way, but at the same time, it's a challenge. It's a hard, uh, it's a hard conundrum to solve. Contrasting opinions, though, from clubs. However, Waterlooville, who seems to love playing football and they do enjoy their football down there, Paul Dodd's side, pretty much built up of many ex Sutton players and talent from in and around the the coast, the South Coast. He's uh, his, uh, the club that he's managed have said the following uh, ex- excerpt from a statement they made last week. There are discussions taking place between the North and the South divisions regarding a new competition. And we consider this option with great length. We have decided not to put ourselves forward to participate. A bit of a surprise because I'm sure. Had a good run of form leading up to the stoppage of the season, and it would be it would be a surprise. It would have been surprising to have it would have, have it wouldn't have been a surprise for them to have not uh, have not neglected the opportunity in front offered to them and go ahead and played on to the end. But this is a surprise. Contrasting though, on the other side, same division, different team. Eastbourne Borough chairman David Blackmore spoke about proposals for a mini league in Step Two, and he's. Quote, which is uh, obviously coming off at Oli Bennett's swim Uh We are hopeful. We've all come up with a format that we've put forward. We think it's a palatable uh, offer or format for everybody. Which, you know, it's a, it's a very strange statement, I would say, for a chairman to make. Not all the clubs are particularly uh, satisfied with the way this, uh, this is set to work out and would prefer a traditional league season to finish. Have a war with obviously making their feelings heard. Maybe it could be financial problems there. They're not happy with the way things are currently being, uh, you know, being sorted out. They would like clarity. There's no clarity as to what should happen if they do participate. But again, clubs are not under pressure to take part, which is the good part about this. Uh, Still, it's going to be interesting. It's another one that will, uh, another situation that will develop over time and will establish itself as we get closer and closer to a clear answer as to what happens. Obviously this show is a, a big show, uh, but we also have something to plug while well, before we move on to our next story. Uh, our great Scottish friend who sadly isn't here today, as he's a very busy man, he still works hard behind the scenes for many a purpose for our podcast. And he's got a very big scoop that is coming up. Tom's going to be a part of it. I'm not, because for 92 Extras, unless there's someone I really want to talk to, it's another friend from the North, in the Scottish, from the Scottish leagues. And he's also a player who has blessed the Premier League with his gracious fleet of foot. He's played for Derby, Nottingham Forest. So that's in terms of the Brian Kroftchoff. He's played for both sides of the divide there. But he's obviously famous for his many, many m- matches at Celtic. A league winner. He has a few big nights in the Champions League. He's talking talk about too as well as his role in the national team for Scotland so coming up on a very special not the night extra very soon is Chris Commons I'm very excited to announce and um, he will be on our podcast on a not the night extra episode very very soon I'd like you to keep your eyes out on that one and hopefully we, we will be entertained by the many a story that Mr Commons has he's, he's been a pundit he's also been behind the scenes at many clubs in big moments in the last 50 or so years he, came, he was a young lad as well when he when he started playing football and he burst onto the scene in the mid 2000s. I'm not the most clued up on Scottish football, sadly, but our friends <laughs> Tom and Greg certainly are. So I was always Tom, big big plug we have there. Well done on uh, Greg's heart for getting him on. Excited to have him on the show.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh... I, again, it's going to be quite an interesting one this as well because uh, Chris Commons before he actually went to the Stoke Academy and um, was actually involved at, at Notts County. So for all our Notts County listeners, um, yeah, you'll be able to hear what Chris Commons' time was like there. And I don't think he spoke about that one a lot. So maybe get a few exclusive just to just, um, just see what his thoughts were in his time at Notts County. We'll go through some, some just general football topic, topics as well um so yeah it'd be quite a quite a different podcast obviously chris Commons isn 't someone who usually associate with non league football but we 'll get his opinions on just general football topics um and we 'll ask him as well maybe about the the comparisons between scottish lower Scottish league football and you know the non um, and comparing that to the english on league scene so yeah it should be some interesting chatting there some good stories as well i 'm sure
0: absolutely yeah can't be ignored. He has had a very good career in football, he's achieved a lot, especially at Celtic. Uh, has played a part in Scottish football for the period of time when they did struggle, but nevertheless, he would be a great listener. And as Thomas stressed, has got many stories of his time at Notts County and beyond. And the idea of obviously not the extras is that we don't always cover not league, the idea is to encourage as many great guests on as possible who have talked about their careers in football, be it in the media or on the pitch, even if you've been in the dugout, you're more than welcome. It's a place for all and an opportunity for many to tell a story. So we hope that the next one is certainly going to be a real hit and it continues our great, plethora of extras we've done already. For those of, if you are listening for the first time, this is obviously another episode for a weekly purpose. But we have a catalogue of not the nice extras with many great guests. We've had Lee Clark on the show, John Champion on the show, Aaron O'Brien, who's played for Newcastle, is on the show as well. Uh, we've had a current goalkeeper Chesterfield uh, Carl Lethren on the show, or just to name four of the not the nice extras we have done that have had so many. That have, have so many great opinions, great stories of years gone by, uh, of people who have been heavily involved in the game, and the, great, and the players that have used their feet to make the difference, or the voices in the stands that tell the stories for us. So we urge you, if you are a keen listener and you know, have a few hours at hand, or board in this lockdown, knit back through our history and our episodes to find an extra specific playlist. And it should be there for you to dabble through at your leisure. It really are they are really great listeners. I really enjoyed the John Chappie one. I know him personally. He's an excellent gentleman and a wonderful commentator. And he had great stories of his time with Howard Kendall in Rome. And also he's. Or how life in America is as well. When he re- we also recorded that episode when the MLS's back tournament was taking place during the height of the pandemic, so you can hear what life is like in the U.S. during a pandemic as well. So. Uh, I, I mean, that's my favourite. I'm sure Tom's is the Lee Clark one where he speaks about his time at Newcastle and beyond. It's got, again, so much for you to choose from. Cheeky plug for that, too. So keep an eye out for the Chris comments on coming up very, very soon. And also take a look back at our latest extras we've done already in the past. So, as always, they are great listeners. We urge you to get involved in them. So next after after selling myself to the devil again let's cover the let's cover the, the more another big story in the National League this week off the pitch and it is the fact that obviously Sport England and the DCMS have concluded their step three to step six Uh, Funding arrangements Obviously clubs below the National League Will be able to receive funding Be it via grants or loans It's yet to be clearly determined What clubs will get As they're considering these applications right now But one of the teams this week Who did apply for Financial support from Sport England, Sporewood had their application rejected, and it was a bit of a surprise to have found that their, their application was not successful. Now, this bearing in mind, uh, the club, Boronwood, do play matches at Madeleine. that is their home stadium. However, the ground is leased to Arsenal, who use that pitch for under 23 games occasionally or for when the women's first team play, on, play their matches there on the odd Sunday or two. So, Arsenal leased the pitch. They also use the actual ground staff there to make sure it stays in as clean and good a condition as it would at the Emirates, for example. They do a lot of work there at Medellin uh, to ensure ensure that it is at top quality condition. But obviously heavy investment in the last few years in, in the stadium and stand has been built. It has taken its toll, the pandemic, on them as well as it has done many a club in the league. But unfortunately... They were turned down for the winter survival loan from the National League and Sport England. And it feels like those assurances were only given to those to ensure we were supported in the continuation of step one. A quick excerpt of the letter is one that which will, you know, stun a few here in this part. But here's what it says, because this is from the Sports England uh, uh, general manager, I believe, Chief Operating Officer Nick Pontifrax, It says the following in regards to on um, why their application was rejected. It's acknowledged the club has seen revenues fall significantly as a result of the impact of COVID-19. Spectator income has been hit severely alongside the venue and 3G pitch higher. Now, they don't have 3G pitches over there, but a variety of clubs do at these levels, so they usually lease them out for clubs to use. Either for training sessions or for you know communal matches. Also it's a big cash grab and it helps a lot, particularly in a pandemic like this. However, based on the information provided, the club has demonstrated that it has sufficient finances to enable it to survive until March 2022. The port noted it's the, the club itself is in this position as a result of positive action. It has taken in assessing the wider government support, receiving grants, of investment, and most importantly, its own prudent financial management, which has generated a financial surplus in training years prior to COVID. Unfortunately, it is eligible, it is it? Sorry, unfortunately, to be eligible for sport, an organization must have the financial need by the end of 31st of March this year. So, in short, it seems born would have more money than is being made out to be. and... Mm, they are hiding a few things from the other clubs in the national league. Now, obviously, because this is you know public domain, a public uh, funded company, tax- taxpayers covered Sport England's funding for the year, and obviously Sport England pay out to support athletes who participate in the Olympics in various other sports. This obviously has to be made public as it is a public matter. They spend the, we spend the money as taxpayers. They we must know what's going on in terms of funding clubs. So. To obviously, get your thoughts on this tom how how have you assessed this particular story this week, and are you are you surprised here how actually more money than people seem to think they do, or is it one of those where they 're just keeping trying to keep the carpet flat when there 's really a few bubbles under it
1: i 'm not actually entirely surprised um, you know stuff like this is known to happen in, uh, in in quite a few foot clubs. if you just look at the headline, obviously let's face it, National League haven't had good headlines. So when year clubs being turned down for the Winter Survival Loan, when they've been given assurances, uh, you know, that just seems like another, you know, knife into the National League's reputation. But uh, in first, this does sound like it's, you know, that, that it's been done um, quite properly. And I, I think it is fair, you know, if if clubs do, uh, I know non-league clubs need as much help as possible. But as you said, Armour, this is taxpayers' money and it needs to be given out carefully. You know, I, looking at some of the replies, what people said, for example, um, like uh, the, the people raising eyebrows, for example, that, like the, the signing of Christian Pierce, you know, obviously people assume must be on a big wage. You know, what why did why did they bring him in? And I, I think people may be thinking that they were, they, born would now assume, they had assurances, they assumed that, you know, a sign like that wouldn't, wouldn't be maybe too much of a, a problem to make, but people also bringing up um, the fact, that obviously, the connection that they've got with Arsenal, as you mentioned, there, are uh, that the lease the ground to them, so that they'll they'll definitely get um, some support um, in that in that sense as well. As I mentioned, I know we want our only clubs to you know to have as much support as possible. I think I think actually this one is the right decision. This actually, uh, for once, actually, I, I I'm not going to have a massive go at the national league. I think this has been handled properly and again a lot of people said as well that um from the national lottery funding that they 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 definitely think that Bournemouth benefited quite quite a lot from that as well and um they they collected they got money from Huddersfield for for obviously Salva Thomas so there's um I think there's certainly a lot of arguments that this is actually uh, the right decision, although when when i when you first look at the headline it doesn 't seem very good at all um, for sport England nationally. we actually dig a bit deeper into it, read the letter and think think of obviously some more of the reasons i think this I think actually this is uh, the correct conclusion
0: All right. and I mean, as I said, it is one of those scenarios where I just try to keep the carpet flat while not showing the bobbles that are hiding underneath it. It is a tricky situation. It could be that they do have more money than what is being shown, shown out to be at the moment. But we stress this. It is, yes, a very important decision, but a positive look in terms of National League ones. It is something that we would have expected them to do in terms of how they distributed finances earlier in the season when they did get the lottery funding. And it's peculiar to notice now that grounds in the National League are now displaying National Lottery uh, boards. This weekend, the match I spotted... Two or three boards that had National Lottery uh, supporting grassroots football are uh, 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 blazoned on it, and they were placed behind one of the goals and in the tunnel. Uh, in the tunnel section in front of the main stand, and I was, oh, it's not just there. It is across the entire division now that is being that is being pr- pretty much more prominent than usual. So we're seeing that obviously now it's actually a big deal uh, that National Lottery supporting the game, but still. It's a, it's a one of those catch two scenarios. You can have money, but you still need to find a way to pay it back later. So, it's a tough situation. But again, it's still actually this week making a, a decision, looking for the betterment of everyone in the league. But at the same time, they still have many holes in. Uh, many holes to fill in terms of sorting this problem out and again the clubs are plenty are still angry with them even though it's been just over a couple of weeks since the decision by step two to stop the season there still hasn't been a clear indication of what is coming uh, up next in terms of funding many clubs have applied We we have to wait and see who else has decided to dip their feet into the money pool from the government again but this time it doesn't look like by the size of, of Wood, that it looks, it will be as simple as it was the first time. So we're not sure about that. Finally, uh, ahead of the return of grassroots football, the Football Foundation have decided that it's a good idea for clubs. Obviously, you are still a little bit cash-strapped and need support outside of the National League. To three different funding opportunities. First of which is the Football returns of Football Fund. This is funded by the FA, Sport England, using National Lottery funding. Uh, as mentioned, obviously, it's now um, blazoned in the National League and will do so further down the line where possible in terms of, you know, branding and stuff like that. But uh, there's a 2.1 million pound investment to support disability leagues, the women's national league clubs, uh, with professional, community organisations, charter standard clubs, and not-for-profit community organisations to restart or create new football activity. There's also grass pitch maintenance funds where you need obviously his title pretty much says it for itself there's a new 40 million pound fund to help clubs enhance or sustain the quality of their grass pitches a variety of clubs do have grass pitches that uh, have not been used for a very long time and will need them to we'll need them to be checked up and spotted in a few areas hopefully some a bit of digging as well but that's obviously where this money helps to get the pitches as good as Wembley well that's what they're saying but it's it. They can try and I hope they can get them as good as the hallowed turf up in Northwest London. And finally it's the small grants. It's not big it's not a big amount of money but they do make a difference nevertheless. Uh, the small grants they're offering are grants up to £25,000 of items that will support the club from the restart and beyond whether you want to score goals in start or have some new goalposts or needs new maintenance machinery to keep the grounds happy they are able to help there. I mean I know a few clubs need a few new goalposts to be honest I'm sucker for goalposts as long as they're not snapped in half but outside of that they are def- there's definitely big support from Football Foundation in terms of keeping clubs below the National League well supported and hopefully able to get them back up to, in some way, getting them back up to relatively, relatively comfortable running when these small competitions that many leagues are planning to uh, introduce to help keep clubs uh, competing for something uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, Hopefully, he gets them back up to a reasonable condition. Uh, Tom, any thoughts on that? It's a big step from them, really?
1: Yeah, I've only got positive things to say about that. Obviously, as, as you mentioned, it's, it's the little things that you make, like goalpost um, and the little, like the little bits of equipment. Maybe some people don't think about that. Actually, it costs a, a lot of money. Though the yeah, it's not going to be huge amounts of money, but I think for I think for the you know the lower clubs um, in the non-league pyramid. Every every little helps. So, yeah, I, I see. I see this as you know some good options for for the clubs to to take up uh, and get to, and get some much-needed support. So, yeah, fair play. Actually, it's it's, it's well organised and um, the football foundation have, have helped really well. And yeah, I can only see this um, helping clubs um, in, in this very tough time and, and benefiting them as uh, as as much as possible.
0: And it is great for us to see that there's still hope for clubs out there, even in a difficult pandemic situation. Uh, The news though that some people are hearing is there's no there's hope that some people that they'll rush the lockdown ending, well, no, I think safest bet, just ride through the five-week periods between one and the other, because we're not sure what will happen next. And obviously, school started this week, as we recorded this, they reopened schools here in the UK, and a lot of children have gone back to school, so there's a bit of worry because of that. It may have some influence on the figures, but it's really down to how we as a collective work out, uh, work with each other and try not to spread the virus anymore some of us want to work at the euros this summer for example uh okay so it's time to get into the nitty-gritty. We've talked a lot of stories about the National League, but it's time for the matters that do give us an interest, and it is the on-the-pitch matters. We recorded last week uh, in lieu of the huge week of football that was coming up, and the possibility that the promotion race is, could get even tighter than it was before, not, before Fictions on Tuesday took place. And my goodness, did you have some twists and turns last Tuesday. Talking so he didn't play. It led to an opportunity for Hartley for one of Sutton to really put the pressure on. Now, Sutton had closed the gap before this to four points. And hosted local rivals, probably, in what was one of the finest games I've seen in my own two eyes in a very long time. And it was absolutely incredible. Michael Cheek, up in the scoring from close range after, I believe, 14 minutes in this game? It was, yeah, it was. It was last ball in from Bridge on the right-hand side, which new course cushioned down for Cheek to swivel and smash into the corner, right in front of the goal. He simply couldn't miss. So that goal in the round at Gander Greenland as well against Sunny. he used to love scoring there. But it took a while for our second for the equalisers to come from the home side, who are at the point of this match three three wins in a row. So they were four as five wins in a row. So they were looking quite good, and it certainly looks like they had the potential to the potential to really give. Probably a hard time in the second half. They did so. And what Randall Cross found Craig Eastman at the back post for his 250th appearance to not home the equaliser. And a very good achievement for the former Arsenal man. He's played in a many a Champions League and Premier League game for the Gunners. But to rack up the amount of fixed result the uh, matches he's got for Sutton, quite an achievement there. But yeah, he equalised after 55 minutes. Ten minutes later, Courtney Duffers equalising from a similar situation for Bromley, a free kick from the right-hand side into the box with Sleem Trotter pushing down for Duffers to fire in to make it 2 Bromley. Sutter's comeback, though, was amazing. And it was a inc- really, really good comeback. A six-minute, all night long, <laughs> as I compensate on the game, our producer is... Literally crying out to the wiggers to switch it from one side of the ball to the other. You sometimes think that the producers know something a bit more than the manager. sometimes. Sure enough, one of the times he says switch the ball, it actually happens. Randall switches the ball out wide to Angie Boy, who uses his chest to control it with his more or less dinosaur style uh, posture so he doesn't let his hands get in front of the behind the ball. And it runs into the box, drills across cross in, which causes pandemonium in the branks at the Bromley backlight. And Beautyman is there to poke it home, despite a despairing hand of Luke Coulson, Just, like trying to keep it up, but he more or less pushed it into the net. So that minute 2-2, we had a ground-down finish, which led to, my goodness, what a game and what an, what an ending. Uh, Sutton had one last attack in the 91st minute, which Goodliffe played through the legs of the referee to Rob Mills, Milson feeds it to Randall. Radlow, who's already got an assist uh, this evening, has suddenly thought, you know, well, I'm going to try and curl this one in. It looks like he shot, and it was a good effort, but it took a massive deflection off of Byron Webster, who nodded it off his head into his own goal in the 91st minute, securing a 3 points for Sussex United, and cue the incredible celebrations in the stands, on the benches, around the, for the volunteers and so around the ground who saw that. An incredible game And Sutton finally getting the better of Bromley uh, After two straight defeats At home against them In the local derbies So the plot twist to this of course Halifax and Hartlepool playing on the same evening Sutton needed Hartlepool to drop points to Cement second spot And sure enough Hartlepool did struggle up in the shade. They lost. They, drew, they lost two points there after opening golf from Mark shot in 12 minutes for an equaliser by Kieran Green. But Danny Williams was sent off for the home side with five minutes to go, making life a little harder for Hartlepool for Halifax there. But Pete Watts' survived and a big point there for Halifax Town. Other results from last week, last Tuesday night, included Solihull losing home to Dagenham and Redbridge by a goal to nil from Paul McCannum. He loves scoring at this level. Working went up to Orchigan, went, down, went down to 10 minutes after Tom Hannigan got sent off. But the one goal for Matt Cosner, formerly of AFC FARC, secured a huge, huge three points for the home side. Working again on a hangover from the FA Trophy. Seems that they like cup competitions more than they like the league, obviously. Beating Zorki last week in the Trophy. Chesterfield won easily. Nil East winning run is over. It's not a very good, not very good run over there. They now lost, their last two. We'll talk about their second game in a moment. But they won a great run and were plying up the table. But that defeat to Chesterfield has now put them on a setback next to a Sante goal in the 85th minute. Wilson beat Royal by 1 0. A similar scoreline to the one at Chesterfield Hollis Smith in the 26th minute Enough to give them the three points Against a Bournemouth side who have Started to struggle with form recently Yeovil Town have had a fantastic recovery However, having been You know, for a long time this season At the bottom of the league, they beat Rock, The side who are bottom now In Barnet 4-1, got Jimmy Deesmith Billy Sass-Davis uh, Rhys Murphy and just Neuville All scored in that game they did lose the man on the home side. Tommy Deloy got sent off for two yellow cards in the space of eight minutes. But JJ Hooper's goal was in the 15th minute. Had given the home side some hope, but the two from the other in the second half killed the game off. And with 10 men, life was just a bit too difficult for Barnett, really. And finally, Nost County Kingsley ended 2-2. Two goals from Scott Woodson. He's getting closer to being top scorer now at the southern of the National League. But a bit of a, you know, a bit of a football uh, uh trend here in terms of what you score in a football match the first goal that Kingsley scored was the opening goal of the game for Sonny carried the first minute Woters's goals were both in four minutes in a four minute spell for half time but he scored in the 90th minute as well. Did the uh, did the side from the Anglia, That's Harry Mitchell, getting it in the last minute of of the 90 to secure the points uh, points for the Hawaii side. We have good news that Kingston are continuing their fixtures for the for short term future. We're not sure still as to whether the uh, the pledging uh, program they started when we last recorded is bringing them some money yet, but we're hoping it is and. They are at the moment still committing to continuing playing fixtures at home and away until further notice. But, so, but again, watch this space with them. Stephen Cleave is a he is a shrewd owner. He will know when to pull the plug on certain things. So obviously, Midreek had its subplots. It went on to the weekend. And this Saturday again, some big results. You overall having I mean, Really had a good victory away from home in London against Barney. Brought down, crash, brought crashing down to earth with a 3-0 defeat to Chesterfield. Akwasi Sante scoring in the 48th minute. 20 minutes later, Tom Wheeler making it 2. Before Jack McCourt scoring in the 70th minute. A trend of eight really. Scoring in the 48th, 68th and 78th minute of, of the game. Yeovil really not throwing anything up a bolt over. And Aspirak's getting three big points. Dagger, Dagger Redbridge and Boronwood sharing the spoils. Two goals from Angela Balanta, the Colombian uh, helping the home side back from 2 0 no down. Goals from Court Wano Skill Courtfest puts Brownwood in a commanding lead for, uh, in the space of five minutes of match time. Uh Whitney scoring in the 40, first half and then skill for four minutes after the second. But Balanta's goals in the 73rd and in the last minute of normal time, see really did you know hurt a few Brownwood players at the end. They are Form is not sort of the essence for them right now, sadly. Probably responded from their defeat to Sussex in midweek with a two-one win away to Eastleigh. Tara Barney opening up after 56 minutes, but two unanswered goals from Jack Holland and Corey Duffers, who's got two and two now, picked up the result for the away team and they keep their playoff hopes alive. <clears throat> uh, easily game of the day. It was first versus third in an actual league, but again Hartlepool United are on a wonderful run right now, their home form is carrying them through, and sure enough they went on the longest trip of the season, I dare say it is the longest trip of the season, they've got from right up northeast in Hartlepool down to Devon to play against the league leaders, and my, did the journey warrant something of a of a huge result, obviously this hinged on the other game which we'll talk about later which is starting to wreck but the one goal that mattered in this game was scored by Luke Monley after 14 minutes, and was enough for Heart Point to, to condemn Torquay to yet another defeat, and to now be in the hunt for a promotion. A crazy finish there! That one goal was just enough, and a well done to and for that. Uh, Torquay United are now on the ropes, and it's signs to look like things are not going to get any easier. They don't play on the night that we're recording this, which is this evening, and they 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 will be. Keeping their fingers crossed, they're keeping their fingers crossed that they will be able to not be able to see the team struggling this evening. The reason why they're not playing well is shot Town have a COVID case in the squad, so the mandatory 10 day quarantine phase has begun for them, and the testing will be on the eighth day of that quarantine period. So, a whole load of fixtures for them have been called off in the meantime while they have a recovery period for all their players and staff to recover. So, hopefully, everyone at Shot is okay. Obviously, they had their game against Notts County postponed on Saturday as well. But moving on with the results of Saturday afternoon, Wilston won Halifax Town 2, a big result there for Halifax. They came back from a goal down through Dylan Lewis's opener for Wilston. But unanswered goals from Jake Hyde and Jack Erie gave the Shaman a big three points up at North West London. Way if we get stockport Stockport was a shocker the weekend, the bottom <sighs> near bottom of the table side picked up a huge one in went Andrew Dallas scored in the fourth minute. Stockport just could not respond. And there are times this season where we when I've seen them on highlights or in matches where they've been participating, they haven't looked at the sort of side that were so free-flowing looking for, looking dangerous on the counter-attack and scoring goals on a regular basis. They're now struggling a little bit. And it might be just that withdrawal or the the fact they may miss Jim Gannon. He did have a big role at the club, having played there for a large period of his career. It's sad, obviously, they are going through a bit of a patch. But the playoff race is still open to anyone. And we'll have to see if they can muster up some form sooner rather than later. Well, King continued uh, their continued, uh, good home run of form. A 3-0 victory to Lynn. Goals from Sam Mashford, Jamal Loza, and Sam Ben-Gering in the 90th minute gave the home side a convincing win over Kingsley town. And finally, the nil-nil draw Sutton against Wrexham in front of the BT Cameras. It was hailed to be the game that would excite the Mania fan. So, with the opportunity to go top. Have they beaten the Welsh side? Obviously, the backdrop of this, the Welsh side, new owners, big money being spent at the club now. And the exciting element of the, both sides had have, have lost, lost once in their last six. And Wrexham's good run of form, despite losing in the middle of that, has still propelled them into a playoff spot. Sutton obviously chasing the top of the table. The game was a bit drab, sadly. didn't have a lot of chances. Eastman flashing from the wide on the post and Bouguere at the very end from close range. But outside of that, they came with a strong side-dragism and really just didn't want to lose. And it was clear to see both sides were, in the end, happy to take the point despite the lack of goals. So they will both be looking to enhance on that goal-scoring ability in their respective fixtures this evening. Barney are uh, a host who so who stayed uh, who went back to Osborne coming back to London tonight in an early kick-off. Dagenham-Reverage will play Maidenhead United. Sonny and Moores will take on Stockport County. You know, big game of Stockport if they're going to need their playoff to continue. Sutton will play Yeovil. Yeovil are hot and cold. One last week away from home against Barney, but got dumped 3-0 by Chesterfield on Saturday afternoon. So we don't know which Yeovil going to turn up. So, uh, Torquay obviously against Aldershot is off because of the, as I mentioned, the COVID masses at, at uh, Aldershot. So, so we have a night off, but we'll still want to hope for some results going in their favour this evening. Austrian, who host Hartlepool? Either Sutton or Hartlepool can go top tonight. Now, if the table as it stands at the moment, Sutton are the team best placed to go top this evening if they score one goal or more this evening. They will take pole position in the National League. However, Hartley Point United need a nine goal swing in their favour or something to lose 9 0, for example, and they win by just two to take pole position in the National League. It's a huge task for both sides tonight, but the opportunity is there for both sides at the end of this evening to be top of the league. And in fact, for added, uh, added source, If Sar do go top tonight and get to 50 points, that puts them 10 points clear of Stockport and Wrexham with still a game in hand on Torquay and the best part of two games in hand and a game in hand on Notts County as well. Speaking of Notts County... So they play at home to Halifax Town. Wilson also play against Kings Lynn, and Broking against Bournemouth, should be an interesting tie there too. I did just talk about the table, and here it is again. So one more time, three teams are 47 points. Sutton just need the goal or two to be in the pole position tonight. Uh, Hartley United need a nine goal swing in their favour to go into first position. There's a seven-point gap between the three teams in first, second and third to Stockport and Wrexham, who are fourth and fifth. Stockport gain the benefit of being Three goals better off than Wrexham Not scouted two points back We'll have a massive four games in hand On Hartlepool And, th- and th- I believe that's one game in hand On Sutton United But they still have a lot of games to catch up on Obviously they had a period when they had COVID-19 In the club And they had to also take a time off Same with all the shot Who are seeing themselves through a 10-day co- a Quarantining period Isley sneak their form is just looking a little bit shaky at the moment. The last two matches have both been defeats, but they're now just teetering out of, teetering in seventh position on 38 points, level of points with Notts County. Yeah, board with, with Bromley just outside it by a point. Then Chesterfield's good form, having propelled them up to ninth at the moment, Good results for them with a couple. the last uh, one defeat in their last five sees them up into ninth nice position. So something's going right over there. <laughs> it's all our Sante's fault really, and Gloucester fans won't like him for that. Uh with our 10, Old are, are 11s, and they were in the playoffs earlier this season. was excellent recoveries now put them up to 12th place. So there will be a won't be a mean. They'll be a mean team for Santa to play against tonight. Halifax, Aldershot, Maidenhead, Solihull Moors, Dagenham & Redbridge, and Woking are holding down mid-table. And then there's a decent gap between Woking and Weymouth. Six points is the gap there. And at the bottom, Weymouth and Kingsley are sharing the points. Only Weymouth's best goal difference being four goals uh, less, that, more than Kingsley of minus 30 to Kingsley's minus 70 the goal difference keeps the Kingsley in the relegation zone. Obviously, that can all change tonight. Barnett are in 22nd. And Dover, who obviously ceased football operations a little while ago, still played 15 games and have yet – and they have really, are uh, really not looking at to play again this season. So, they are rock bottom on 10 points. So, at the moment, it looks like we are seeing one guaranteed relegation and two sort of uh, two sort of uncertainties. Barnet still incredibly, Tom, 11 points – from the safety market, despite having two games in hand on Weymouth. And we'll start at the bottom before we move to the top. It looks a bit interesting, obviously, with the Dover situation and how they've obviously decided not to play for the rest of the year. But, you know, when push comes to shove, do you see them being able to participate again this season?
1: Um, No. I I think we we spoke about this a a few podcasts back that Jim Palmer has made a stance pretty clear he doesn't want Dover playing any more football and Ashley clearly want the football to carry on. I, I can't see a way in my personal opinion of Dover carrying on. So I do expect um, a resolution quite soon about that actually. So yeah, that, that is my opinion on that matter.
0: Okay. And so why, I think we can, I'm not sure we should announce it, but do we consider them relegated as a, at the moment?
1: Um, <laughs> To be honest, even if the season were, was actually carrying on, they they were able to play. I I actually had them down as although, yeah, great skates can happen, I've had them down uh, as relegation you know, certainties really. It it's just it's not gone right for them uh at all the season. They they have really struggled, hence while they've had to um cease football and operations there. So yeah, I've got to agree on that, Ahmed. I, I I I do pretty much see them as relegating now, as I mentioned, regardless if they're playing or not. Um, and you know, you mentioned about Barnet as, well, as well. There, Ahmed, I, I I really really fear for them. It's a it's a tough time for Tim Flowers. I mean, he, he got maybe a nice little weekend off just to maybe try and think th- things through. But it's um, if I was a Barnet fan, you know, it's. It's not looking uh, the best of times um, for them at the moment. So obviously, you mentioned they're they welcome, Wrexham tonight. That's not really a, an opposition that uh, you you want to welcome after. Obviously, uh, they picked up a, a, a very good point at Sutton, and um, actually just going from the bottom to the top. Obviously, looking at that Sutton Wrexham game, I don't think that's actually a bad point for, for Sutton. Um, yeah, people look at that two points drop, had the chance to go above Torquay, but. I think just you have those games sometimes. Just the way the game went, I didn't feel like something really got a rhythm to it. Um, in fact, actually, Wrexham had um, a little bit of the the start that an um, uh, effort saved um, by Busanis in the end, uh, which was a good counter-attack on, on the right-hand side. But, um, yeah, apart from the Eastman chance, I mean, Omar oh Bregel could have done better from that header. I mean, when I was watching it live, I thought I was a quite a hard header. Maybe we the replay back. Maybe they just there was a good opportunity to head it into the corners, but I think Matt Gray, it's still a clean sheet against a real solid Wrexham side. He competed really well. Yeah, uh, yes, they didn't show a lot of threat going forward, but I actually think that's a weird one. Both sides will actually be fairly content with the point. I mean, obviously Craig East, when he spoke to BT Sport after the game, still seemed he, he was frustrated as a stop-start game, but you just have those games. And I think Sutton move on. As you mentioned as well, Ahmed talky don't play tonight. And that's a big opportunity for, Something to go top of the league. But um, I tell you, we're looking at winners and losers uh, of the weekend. Uh, well, uh, the winners of the week Ash, I'll, I'll really look at. And, um, you know, Hartlepool, Hartlepool for me, although obviously you keep looking at the gains in hand, it's about the points on board, the, the level of points with Torquay and Sutton at the moment. And yeah, to go to Torquay away from home uh, and win is probably the biggest moment in the title race um, so far, I would say. It's really put a new dynamic into the tight race and and actually now there's actually quite a, a bit of a split points wise obviously that you really got that top three all level on 47 points and obviously the next team downwards is is Stockport um, and yeah you, you look at it now there's, there's that real sort of separation for the time being obviously you can't rule out a team like Notts County who played 22 games and you could see them easily getting back into the group. But it is the biggest um, weekend in the top race. Obviously, every weekend's going to get bigger. But so far in the season, but by a mile, we're talking Hartlepool meeting with, with Hartlepool winning that game. And also, maybe it might affect Sutton. Uh, who knows? Not going top. I personally don't think it will. As I said, I think they'll um, view that as a good point. But another big result up at the top, obviously, was Bromley getting that win at Eastley. Absolutely massive that. To go and turn that around as well. And you know, Eastley having a, a bit of a rocky period and th- that'll be a bit of a relief actually as well to um the likes of Bournewood obviously slipped up this weekend. Uh, Dagenham it still keeps Ultron with a chance again. Obviously Yeovil, um they had a bad slip up at Chesterfield. Um it's still you know, that defeat to Eastley, um it, it still keeps, you know, those those sorts of clubs still right in the race and uh, maybe can't roll out people like Halifax as well. But I certainly look at that sort of, um, you know, the, the four or five clubs, um, you know, l- lurking behind these it's, uh, it's certainly still game on there. So I think Bromley is certainly one of the biggest winners out the weekend, um, especially after um, that defeat at Sutton, that would have really hurt <laughs> four minutes to go. I, thinking, I think we've got a pretty good chance doing it. And then a the sucker punch against, you know, one of the closest rivals, um, to go and give away two goals and end up in defeat, but you know, I mentioned obviously winners like at the weekend, like, like Hartlepool uh, and, and Bromley. But I think you've got to give the biggest props um to Weymouth for that for that win uh, against Stockport. Obviously, the as you mentioned, I the change of manager Jim Gannon with, with, with Simon Ross coming in. It hasn't quite worked the the way they wanted it to, and um, you know, for Weymouth, it takes them outside of, of the bottom three um, and it gives them that platform now to to really push on, and it, it was a win. I actually caught me off—I didn't expect to caught me off guard a bit. So um, huge credit to Weymouth, and you know, again looking at the bottom, there was a big game team, Woken and Kings Lynn, and again, Woking expect with the quality they have in the squad. Um, to definitely survive in the league. And obviously have got the FA trophies to think about as well. And that was a massive win for Woking, a nice commanding 3-0 win there. So yeah. That, and again, you Dagenham getting a big point as well. Just looking at the bottom. Um, and you're now thinking, I personally think, although yes, it isn't, it's, it's far from over yet. I, I'm looking at the likes of Dagenham Woken, who are still not too far from the zone, but I think they've got real, they've got the quality and, I think they're starting to build that little bit of a gap. You're really looking at Wilston, Weymouth, and Kingsland at the moment, uh, as we speak. That uh, they're going to be the, the real teams to look at in, in that fight for survival. So, yeah, as you know, it's 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 always exciting. The National League is always twists and turns, and that Weymouth result against Stockport certainly gets my result the weekend. To be fair, uh, and it takes them outside the relegation zone now. They're, I think Weymouth must pick up so much confidence from that it's been a real rough season for them as a new promoter team but huge credit to them Um, and obviously looking at the games going forward I think Yeovil going to Sutton is going to be a very interesting one because I'm interested to see how Yeovil are going to respond after being comfortably beaten at Chesterfield obviously a a, a rival for a playoff spot and you know you look at what Bromley almost at Sutton it's you you can get at Sutton Sutton obviously if have got an extremely good defence. But I think Yeovil will go there, no fear. That's certainly, um, although it's not a top-of-the-table clash, it's, you look at Yeovil's form, obviously Sutton being that tight race. I think that's certainly um, one of the, the standout games um, coming up. But also now with Hartlepool, can they just keep on putting points on the board and, and keeping that pressure on talking Sutton? I think you look at the season's fixtures, it, it, those are the real standout ones at the top end. But just look at the bottom as well. Obviously Wilston versus Kingsland is gonna be a massive game I mentioned about Wilston, away from Kingslin look, looking like they're gonna be those three teams to really look at and this is a, a huge clash tonight and you know can Kingsland respond after losing to uh, an a relegation rival at the weekend away from home quite quite badly and I, I think I think for Wilston, I, I, you know obviously we we spoke about the rough times I've had recently but I I still see enough there um for them to stay up and I think Wilson still their chances, you've got to win those home games. And this is a huge one as well for, for um to show that you know, the good draw they got at Notts County, that that, that wasn't a little bit of a fluke result. It, maybe some people might think that. Um, and, yeah, it's it's, it's it's a definition of a six-pointer tonight. So I think that's a, that's the one at the bottom by a mile to, to look out for.
0: Absolutely. It's, uh, we have, as I said, a huge huge array of fixtures this evening you can't lock it past Thomas E safe with the wilson Kingsley game because it has bearings on the entire spectrum in the relegation battle especially with Kingsley now being level on points with Weymouth and- Weber's not really looking like stopping their winning run anytime soon. They will be watching with bated breath tonight how Wilston play against Kingsley if they stay within, if he have any hope of getting out of the relegation zone tonight. They must win up in North West London, one of the long trips uh, the Stephen Cleves men and co have to make. But who knows? They still have a decent team there and if they can get us again, and a good run of form in this league can get you up the table. It's been demonstrated by Yeovil who were in the bottom three for a long time earlier in the season and didn't win a game. But now since then, and as they're heading to Sutton this evening, since then they have, they've really, I think the last disappointing defeat they had was a six one thrashing of, by Tolkien United. But since then they've lost the best part of five of their last 13 uh, something games. So, they still, they've had a great run of form this season. And really, they're not a team that draw games either. They, it's a win or lose with them. They play with nothing to lose, and if they win, it's great. But if they lose, it's like they have something to learn, and they'll look on it in the sense that how do we win it next time. So Darren Saul's side is definitely learning again how to win and how to become a formidable team. A side who lost season made it to the playoffs. So for their recovery to be an example for many clubs to follow, it's a good chance for, for it's a good chance to learn off of Jurvel's great run this season and the fact they've won so many games enough to be able to be in a position now to say we're almost safe because the table doesn't lie. Fifty points is what guarantees safety and they're still fifteen points off of that. But in terms of their trip to science tonight, huge game not only for them as we mentioned, Sutton need the points tonight. A point even will send them top, but. One thing is, one thing that can be guaranteed is that they will only want to go into that game to win, and Jova will go there with nothing to lose, and in any case, and have one up in the season in the league, and have beaten them in the last in two of the last three meetings since the first time the two sides met. So it's a complete mystery. We we'll have to wait and see what we, what will happen when it comes to Yeovil Town and Sutton tonight. Again, we have Hartlepool United also in action this evening, and they have a huge game at Ulster. Ulster can be free scoring on their day, but you can't, re- you can't count on Hartlepool not putting you in the similar performance that they did against Torquay on Saturday. If they get in front early, you will not expect them to struggle defensively again this season. So, yeah, the races at the top is hot. And, you know, the playoff race is also getting very close. Just two points between Stockport County and Wrexham to Notts County and Eastleigh. So, there's plenty to play for. And a lot of shuffling will be happening in the league tonight. Uh, fixtures will definitely offer some exciting outcomes, I am sure. But, alas, we must hope for some good, we hope some good football this evening. And, well, next time we record this, Who knows what the next subplot in the race for promotion or survival will be, particularly with the way the Step 2 clubs are still seeking to find a way to drag those teams out of the National League. So having looked back at everything... And taking a little you know, look around at the, uh, at the National League in the last week or so, we're in for a treat tonight, obviously we urge you if you are supporting your team, give them as much support as you can, it's a huge night for many and hopefully history could be made for some, especially with the run of form, the likes of the Hartley Pools and the Suttons are on right now, you just don't know how this season will end, uh, but still... Anti hot water to look forward to, and as always, we will get right into the thick of it next week on Not Night Two when the next batch of midweek and weekend fixtures have taken place. Uh, should just stress that this weekend as well is quite a few interesting games in the National League as well. This Saturday, and a few, none more so so than a London Derby between Barney and Bromley. Uh, Bromley and Barney, I said Barney for a second, (laughs) there's no purple figures in uh, Bromley, but uh. uh, those dinosaurs were gone a long time ago. But um, Bromley and Barnet are playing uh, on Saturday afternoon, a big London derby. Obviously, hopes are both in respective positions in the league. Halifax against Solihull, a very good match between Hartlepool and Eastley Eastley obviously on two defeats on the belts, but had a great unbeaten run to get them into the playoffs. So how both teams fare tonight will be. Big in terms, it'll be important in terms of the contrast on Saturday. Sutton go to King's Lynn. It's a long journey from South London to East Anglia, but that's where they're going to meet the National North Champions. And obviously, this is the same side they thrashed 5 1 earlier this season. So, an away performance is not out of the question. Maidenhead at Chesterfield, Stockport Dagenham, Wilston Ox County, Wrexham against Weymouth, Yervil host Woking. And then the late kickoff is the league at, at the time of this recording is League Leaders Talking United go to Borough Woods. So, Another huge game here on in front of the BT cameras On Saturday evening So uh, the start of the week this week Tom um, it's, been a tough, it's been a few uh, A few that have really stood out this week Obviously on the pitch and off it But this week we're going to give it to one That is on the pitch And I'm a bit torn at the moment As to who we should give it to Because in the last week or so, there's been a lot of subplots. There's been a lot of big results. But, but um, I'm going to give it this week. <sighs> it's a tough one. I'm going to give it to... Drum roll, please somewhere out there is going to be a drum roll. but uh, I'll give it to Sutton for their last minute winner against Bromley because even though it was an away goal and that's not because we're biased here yeah, I promise you in the context of the season, it's why we now have three teams of 47 points. Hartlepool's excellent run has brought them to this point, but Sutton, the euphoria when Sutton scored the third goal, albeit the fact he did come off by his head and go into his own net. The euphoria and the reaction from many of our players after the game it tells you how much it meant to them and many people in behind the scenes. And again... It can't be underestimated. This club have been in this position before three years ago when they were teetering above, on the brink of getting into the division, only to be pipped out of it in the end by Macclesfield. So that's and that time Macclesfield were a very good team. They're no longer with us now, and the only team that can really stop these this sudden Renaissance is Torquay United. So. Oh, and Hartlepool, I shouldn't forget that part. For apologies to the, all the all the pool fans, but um, those two are the only things that can stop them. And the, I can tell you for sure there is a really good, like, ex- there's excitement. There's a lot of hope in this club, but there's a one game at a time mentality. It's cliche, as they all say, that are going on over there. And we're hoping to see what will happen in that front. But yeah, uh, Tom. Any, have you any, any ideas who you think deserves a star of the week as well? Stars um, of the my week?
1: nomination is going to go to uh, an individual, Angelo Balanta, uh, pulling his side uh, from the depth of a 2-0 defeat to um, get his two goals to give Dagenham um, a vital point. Uh, in their bid to stay in, in the league. And they're, they're doing pretty well at now, picked up four points this week. So huge credit to, yeah, Angelo Ballanta. Two and uh, a down against Bournemouth, as you mentioned. And uh, we just over 50 minutes to go. Ballanta um, pulls two goals out the hat, um, one of them being r- really late in the 89th minute. So, yeah, huge credit to him um, for pulling his side back in the game, getting a, a vital point.
0: Excellent. Uh, yeah, big shout out to him and to Carl Woodson too. He won't get the award this week, but he also did get a double against uh, Kingsley in Town as well. So, two doubles this week to call on, but big well done to our Stars of the Week, the United team for their amazing comeback against Bromley. And to Angelo for single-handedly dragging his team from the from the depths of the mire to get a point against Boran Wood. So credit where credit's do. I think one of the goals is circulating on the Vanirama uh, Twitter page of an absolute banger from the outside of the box. Really good finish as well. So uh, he's very des- he's well deserving of the Star of the Week award from us. Again, scant. don't have much to offer. Nothing special like certificates or anything like that. But, this is all we can offer. Also, the National League's player, manager, and volunteer of the month uh, came out this week. Sutton so, you know, United almost cleaned up the whole thing. Craig Eastwood got player of the month, Matt Craig got manager of the month, and I believe the head grounds at Bromley has got a volunteer of the month award from the National League as well. So it stays in it's, it stays within the Southern family this week. A massive, uh, a massive achievement for all three of them. And to be honest, as we've said, I mean we're not wax, we do not try to wax lyrical about on the show, but it has been a polarizing season for Matt Gray. He's brought them from relegation threatened last season with a great finish until the coronavirus pandemic hit, and now they're in the really they're in the really privileged position to be on the verge of topping the league tables tonight if they get a result against yoga. So by getting National League awards out last week, and big congratulations again to the two at South United and the volunteer at Bromley for their successful uh, claiming of the awards. So uh, that's it from us uh, on this wonderful podcast. I think you've uh, once again had a strong uh, indigest, indigest, uh, indigestion, digestion, God knows what. Well, I don't know. It's a right. Well, of my words at this point. I need to save some of my vocabulary for going to going into the game this evening. But um, as always, to everybody, thank you for listening on our wonderful podcast. If you want to find out more about the Not the Night Two, and if you also want to give us any queries, first and foremost. Twitter, NT92Pod. That's where you'll find us on the Twitter feed. On the Instagram, there's it our underscore to NT92 and pod on Instagram. And if you want to find out more or ask us more questions about the show, any queries you may have, it is at notthe92podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and obviously, again, a big shout out to everyone who's listened this week and to the clubs who listen to us as well, particularly our friends in the Essex League, from South yeah. Sestos. Thank you for listening to our pod. To all of you, thank you once again for joining us. And to Tom, thanks to for you as always, to putting up with my story points <laughs> and having to edit all this fiddly stuff at the end. But we appreciate it nevertheless, pal.
1: Uh, no worries. Uh, always a pleasure doing it with you. And um, yeah, uh, great to review uh, another busy week. And I'm sure there'll be more twists and turns uh, to come in the next week.
0: Aye, aye. And... He's always there to help, help me out. You never know when things get tough on this podcast. As always, one more big pl- uh, shout-out to uh, our big plug for our 92 Extra coming very, hopefully soon with Chris Commons on the, on the 92 Extra. Uh, as always, if you want to look back at all of our high-profile guests that we've had on this podcast, please go into our tonights extra pod. I believe we have a playlist for that. If not, just scroll through and you'll find many great, many great guests that have been on the show Carl Ledwin, John Champion, Alan Brown and, and Lee Clark, just to name a few. So plenty of great stories of, of players who have gone of bike players or even those who still play or play a part now, the voices, all the feet that make the difference in the game, sometimes the hands, they're all on our podcast and we're looking to get more high quality guests on very, very soon. But unless uh, unless the skies turn grey and things get worse, that's it from us. <laughs> uh, and we leave you with obviously a huge, a huge, huge hope that next this week leaves us brings us great football and a very good title race in the National League and survival fight as well. So keep an eye out on that one. But as always, if you don't know now, if you don't know now, you know. Pre- appreciate everyone turning out this week. Have a wonderful week. I will see you next time. Till then, bye bye.